pomegranates within a week in November. <laughs> I love pomegranates. They are so good. Mm-hmm. We would have been stuck in the underworld forever. I don't think I yeah. six months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> months and months and months. <laughs> you are. Hades would be you like, will... please leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not done eating these all pomegranates. My pomegranates. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Are you ready to start? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, good. You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing chapter 67 and 68 of Fruits Basket. Woo. I'm so excited, actually, because... <laughs> These are some I, good meaty chapters. They're really good. I read it kind of... Usually what I, my process <laughs> is that I read them through the first time. I read them through like I'm just enjoying it for myself. And kind of think about what I want to say. And then I actually like write the actual thing that I'm going to say. So the first time I was like, ooh, ooh, it's going to be so good when we talk about it. My hands are clasped in excitement. You can't see it. This is I just telling the people. Um, people have to know. <laughs> they have to know. Oh, before we start, also, thank you. We got some, um, some, we got some Kofis. So thank you all for sending in Kofis. They're really nice. I really appreciate it. it. Makes me excited every time. Thank you. We get one, so very generous. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting us. So chapter sixty-seven begins in the. Oh, sorry. So we're gonna do our just our summary and discussion and our spoiler discussion like we always do. I just felt like I needed to say it. It's the it's the routine. It's tradition. Yeah, it's the tradition. Thirty-five episodes of tradition. <laughs> okay, chapter sixty-seven. It picks up in the middle of the conversation that we left off at last time between Shisho and Toru. Toru tells Shisho what Akito told her at the beach. Someday Kyo will be confined, and the other Junishi will go back to living among the Soma, that they can't be apart. And, she says, both Shisho and her looking apprehensive, that Akito-san is everyone's master. A patron reveals an image of Akito surrounded by camellia flowers. So there's this flower that imagery that we've seen before that's associated with Akito. We've talked about it before, I believe, but... Specifically, Akito is shown surrounded by flowers, leaning against something. A bird lies down on the floor. Blood and feathers can be seen trailing away from Akito's right hand, over his clothes, and onto the floor beside the bird, as if he was somehow the cause. Akito closes his eyes in a pained expression, and then we transition back to this conversation. Toru remembers Akito's words from the beach, Stay out of it. Stop trying to destroy our happiness. We transition back to the conversation between Shisho and Toru. If the future that Akito-san told me about is true, Toru says, if it's because of the curse, I think that I want to break the curse, Toru says earnestly to Shisho, whose eyes widen in surprise. She asks him again, humbly, bowing her head, if you know anything about the curse, please, would you tell me? I'll never cause you more trouble, I swear. Please. Why do you bow your head, Shisho asks. Toru's a bit surprised by this response. Why must you go so far? Shisho imagines her returning with Kyo after she learned about his true form and thinks, You've already done far more than enough. So many things for all of us. And he closes his eyes and looks down. I will tell you frankly, in answer to your question about the curse and how to break it, I do not know clearly myself, but the future you describe with Kyo confined to the other Zodiac living together in isolation is quite likely. Toru looks dismayed and Shisho continues, Of course, I do not intend to let such a future happen without fighting it. Shisho explains that none of the Junishi have a strong enough will to oppose Akito, that they have intense feelings toward Akito. But then he suddenly realizes he forgot to serve tea, and there's an adorable exchange where Toru, like, uh, where he, like, stares at the tea and wonders how to make it, and Toru ends up making it for them, which is very charming. <laughs> <laughs> Shisho goes on to say that he has never been afraid of Akito. 
Akito, he says, is like a small child. He only knows how to scream and cry as if he's on fire. We see another image of Akito standing inside a circular window, as he, Akito is typically pictured with his like, uh, like kimono looking sort of disheveled and coat characteristically kind of off the shoulder. But to the Zodiac members, Akito is special, a godlike being to be feared and respected. Words from any other mouth, words that from any other mouth would make them flinch, when said by Akito, cause such pain in their hearts as if their bodies are being torn apart. Akito and the Junishi exist in a world that outsiders like us can never fully understand. A connection formed from the blood that pulses through their bodies, a bond of blood. Realization dawns on Toru's face. The bond is the curse? She asks, eyes wide. I do not have any positive proof, Shisho says, and Toru looks away. She remembers Momiji saying, because that's the curse. A bond, she says, and thinks of her mother smiling. It's something sacred. She thinks, to break a sacred bond, I truly would deserve to be punished. It might not even be possible to break it, but I won't give up easily. Toru tells Shisho that she won't give up. I want to think there's something that I can do. So, is that your nature? Shisho asks with a smile. <laughs> Sorry I couldn't be of any help. And then Toru freaks out and tells him not to apologize, and he thanks her for being so concerned about Kyo. And she's like, oh no, really? And then, like, nervously serves the tea. <laughs> Shisho thinks that he didn't want Toru to know that Kyo would be confined, and has a memory of a woman with a darkened face wearing a kimono saying, it's just too pitiful, isn't it? Shisho thinks that he's being selfish. I keep using that girl, he thinks. What is it exactly that I want? Whatever happens, we Soma have no one to blame but ourselves. Because we can do nothing to change things, we have sunk to, into a dark world. We are powerless. Toru um, interrupts Shisho from his thoughts and asks if Kyo is getting stronger. And she smiles as she hands him tea and says that he's gotten taller. He might even get taller than Shisho one day. <laughs> I'd like to see that, she adds with a big smile. And Shisho smiles knowingly back and she's like, eh. Shisho um, says if there's anything else, if there's anything that you can do, it might just be to smile for them. When you smile, the world seems a little kinder. For you to just be yourself is a very important thing, I think. Toru surprised and blushes. Oh, no, heaven forbid! And then they both laugh. Shisho says to visit again with Kyo, and they'll let her, uh, they'll have another fight that she can see. And she excitedly replies that she'd love to see it. And we transition away, and Shisho thanks. In doing so, I pray that the time that he spends with you will become all become his support, and that he'll form a new bond. Outside, at the dojo, I guess, um, Kagura comes upon Kyo getting water out of a tap outside of the yard, and he fills with his bracelet, she sees. She looks away, face darkened. <clears throat> she runs up to Kyo and hugs him from behind. Oh, I really missed you, she says. And Kyo is just like, we just saw each other, and Kagura complains about how little he comes to the dojo. He remembers Shisho telling him to cherish the time that he spends in Shigure's house. Kagura asks what souvenir he brought her from the summer house, and he's like, huh? Nothing. Because, like, what would you bring from a <laughs> your own family's <laughs> vacation home? I don't know. <laughs> Miniji stops and she pushes him through the fence. And in my head, this is retribution for when Shisho pushed Kyo through Shigure's fence. <laughs> Shisho's fence one, Shigure's fence one, right? No. <laughs> is that any way to treat your girlfriend? You have no love, Kagura says. And Kyo kind of grabs her head and, to stop her and calmly says... There's something I want to tell you. She looks at him with wide eyes and cuts him off before he can explain. Let's go on a date. If you go on a date with me, I'll listen to what you have to say. If you don't, I won't listen. He's like, wait, and she cuts him off again. For my whole life, I'll never listen to what you have to say. Kyo looks taken aback. She looks down and hugs him again. Please just humor me a little longer, she says. 
which in addition back to Toru, who's leaving Shisho's. He asks and she tells him that she hasn't told Kyo that she knows about his confinement. And then they say goodbye and part. As she walks away, she thinks, I have to think hard about what I can do about the curse. And she remembers Shisho's words, for you to be yourself. And imagines the similar things that her mother and Shigure and Yuki said to her. Like she has these three memories that are, it's like her, her mother, Shigure, and what looks like Shigure and Yuki. She remembers the time that Kyo brought her um, rice porridge when she was sick. And when he was telling her to kind of get back to her normal dumb self, or whatever exactly it was that he said, she remembers him looking across the table at her, blushing, and her eyes widen. She suddenly notices Rin approaching on the street, and Toru calls out to her. Toru asks how Rin has been, and asks if she's feeling better, and Rin straight up, like, walks around her without answering, and then, not facing Toru, Rin says, You. You're hanging around the stomas. Stop it. As she shows, Rin barges in without taking off her shoes and drops her bag straight on the floor, and Kunimitsu is like, same as always. She slides open the door to where Shisho is, who is looking out a window, and he calmly greets her and is like, what's the matter? You're scowling at me. I saw that girl leaving here, Rin says. What did she come here for? Did something happen? Shisho pauses, and then he turns back to the window. She came here to ask me the same questions you did, he says. We see Rin's clenched hand on the doorframe, and Toru walking away. Looking determined, I think, Rin says, I won't let her get involved. At Shigure's house, Toru tells Yuki that she saw Rin, and then immediately awkwardly tries to cover up that she saw Rin at Shisho's house, because it was supposed to be a secret that she went there, and Toru's like, I saw her in the middle of town, right in the middle of town, really? (laughs) But fortunately, Yuki doesn't think anything of her weird behavior and wonders if he can maybe find Rin in her school, because I think he still wants to try to talk to her. He's been trying to talk to her when, when they ran into her, um, at the beach house, right? And she didn't have want anything to do with him. Shigure <laughs> comes in and offers them snacks, and Kyo arrives as well. Toru, he says, and she's like, well, of course I didn't go! And he's like, what? And she's like, nothing, nothing, what did you want? <laughs> and he says that he'll be away on Sunday, so he won't be home for dinner. Shigure teases him about it being a date, and Kyo, like, forcefully covers Toru's ears to keep her from hearing. <laughs> and Yuki's like, you have time for a date, but you won't pick up Toru from work, and Kyo's like, that's your job! As if that makes sense. And Yuki reacts accordingly by saying <laughs> um, nothing from the cloudy, dark corner of the room. Kyo is like, what's with those aren't you stupid eyes? Shigure makes a joke about taking Torukun for himself, and Kyo shoves his hand in his face, and Yuki sasses Shigure. So it's just your average kind of interaction at Shigure's house <laughs> to round out the chapter. There's a panel of Shisho again at the end, and his thoughts. You don't see it for yourself, what you give to everyone. The gifts that pour out from your heart. In the last panel, we see Toruyuki, Shigure, and Kyo sitting at the table, <laughs> eating together. And that's the end of the chapter. I was surprised that he was sitting at the table, fully facing legs mm-hmm. under the table, for once. Yeah. <laughs> he still got his elbow on the table and is grumping. Yeah, but... he's still disgruntled, but he's sitting there. There's so much growth in this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Food-related growth. Always. So, chapter 68 opens with... So we're transitioning away. So basically, chapter 67 kind of focused on Toru. Now we're going to focus on Kagura. So a lot of the content in this chapter is Kagura's like direct thoughts and her narration. So this opens with Kagura's thoughts. She remembers Kyo saying, there's something I wanted to tell you from the last chapter that we just read. You know, actually, there was something I had to tell you, she thinks. She remembers Toru running after him when Toru found out about his true form. On that day, I understood the real reason why I called out to you, Kyokun. We see a memory from the past of baby Kyo and baby Kagura, 
which happens a lot in this chapter also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we see them in what looks like in middle school or like maybe a little bit younger in high school. And Kakura's narration continues. The first reason I started loving you, Kyokun. In the present, Kyo and Kakura meet for their date. She calls him over as he arrives and says that she got there like 30 minutes early and then she sasses him and says that he's not excited enough. And he's like, you're too excited. She thinks the only reason we're here today is because I have threatened him, sort of dejectedly. He asked her she decided what they'll do on their date and she thought at first a movie, but he's not really into them. You still don't watch TV or anything, do you? Kakura asks. Because if you did, there's no one who would get mad at you anymore. It's not that, Kyo says, looking away. And it's really interesting because, like, this whole conversation, like, the whole, most of the time he spends with her, he doesn't look directly at her, especially at this point. Mm-hmm. Kakura was surprised that Kyo doesn't shout at her. Not that long ago, he would have lost his temper at her and been like, it's none of your business. But that's right. Kyokun wasn't always so short-tempered, was he? She thinks. Well, let's go, she says and grabs his hand. We transition back to the past, to Kakura's memory of Kyo when they were young. Baby Kyo draws in the dirt. I think Baby Kyo drawing in the dirt is very charming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Baby Kyo and Baby Kagura are both really adorable. They are. There's um, <laughs> The way that Takaya draws them is really, really adorable. I don't know what it is mm-hmm. about it. I think they're also just really young. Like, I don't think we've seen... I don't think we've seen any kids in this series this young. Like, I think they're even younger than, like, Baby Toru in the hat, all the mm-hmm. boy with the hat scenes. Yeah. Like, just thinking about it. I don't know if we've ever seen a kid. Maybe a little... Like, not even, because um, Kyo is, like, older than this in the scenes when his like uh like from the funeral and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i don't know anyway but yes they're very cute <laughs> kakura introduces herself to kyo and kyo immediately tries to run away but baby kagura like grabs him by the leg and drags him backwards kyo says that his mom says he shouldn't talk to strangers and she's like she won't get mad i'm like you i'm in the zodiac i'm the boar and kakura tries to ask things about kyo like hey what are you drawing fried eggs do you like fried eggs do you always play by yourself don't you have any friends she looks over at him and he hasn't responded yet and she says what else do you like Kyo-chan what's your favorite tv show I don't watch tv he says mom says it's full of bad things she gets mad when I watch it Kagura stands and he remains drawing fried eggs in the dirt say she says want me to play with you Kyo looks up with a genuine surprise and gratitude really he says and Kagura smiles a small smile and then grabs his arm and pulls him up yeah she says starting today I'll always be by your side she remembers him smiling, and in the present thinks, Kyokun, I'm terrible, aren't I? Kyo realizes that she's brought them to a place uh, from their childhood, which looks like a park that maybe overlooks the town. Like, you can see houses in the background, including the Soma estate. There's some kids playing nearby. Maybe it's painful for you to be here, Kyokun, she says, since the main house is right over there. And it's a place where I first saw your true form. Kakura remembers that time as a child. She tugs at his bracelet. Um, so she, uh, there's a scene where she's kind of like fighting with him, like, give me your bracelet. And she tugs it off of his wrist. You didn't want me to, but I forced you, she thinks. And we see Kyo transform into a, what looks like a smaller version of the true form. Baby Kagura's eyes widen and she screams and runs away. In the present, she says, after that, your mom will let you out less, didn't she? And you started to avoid me. From that moment on, you kept, you would keep your distance. But I mean, that wasn't it, she says, out loud to him in the present, and thinks, I was the one who started distancing myself first. Kyokun, she says, you know, I, I was sad that I was born possessed by a vengeful spirit. After all, when I was young, my parents often fought because of me. Whenever I saw mama crying by herself afterwards, it made me really sad. 
Back then, I hated myself so much I couldn't stand it. Kagero, with the kind of, like, dead-eyed look that we've seen several times, specifically from Kisa's mom and Uo, um, and Hana in her kind of backstory chapter, Kagura adds, I thought I was the worst person on earth. But then on the day I met Yukio Kuno, I was happy. I was relieved. We see Kagura's face in her memory of meeting Kyo. So like in the in the memory that we saw before of her meeting Kyo, we just saw her hair kind of hangs in front of her face. This time when she remembers it, we can see her face. Her eyes gleam as she stands over him. I realized that compared to the cat, I had it easy, she says in the present. And Kyo kind of grimaces a little. Compared to a kid who drew fried eggs in the dirt all by himself, I wasn't so bad after all. I wasn't pitied and I wasn't ostracized. Not like this boy. I realized I could feel good about myself, Kagura says. That's why I was with you. I was always looking down on you, Kyokun. Kyo frowns and Kagura looks down at the ground, eyes wide. We see Kagura thinking, kind of her hands up to her face, outlined against a dark background. It's terrible, isn't it? I feel so dirty. The day I ran away from you... I was afraid with all my heart. A part of me seemed dirty. So dirty that I couldn't stand it. I hated it. I wanted to do it over again. I wanted you to forget it ever happened. I didn't even realize how dirty that thought itself was. Um, Kagura says to Kyo, who faces away from her, I thought that if I could like you, Kyokun, if I, if I could shorten the distance between us, and if you would like me back, then the me that ran away, the dirty me, would be washed away. That's what I believed. Yeah, so Kaka remembers Rin telling her to give up on this, like, act of force, giving up forcing herself on Kyo before leaving for the beach a few chapters ago, and Kagura starts to cry. It was a forced love, she thinks. She remembers Tori running after Kyo again when his true form was revealed. But then, when I saw her chasing after you, I realized how foolish that was. I was blind to your pain. I never thought about your needs. Yes, in the end, it was all about myself. Kakura holds her head in her hands. I never thought about the feelings that I must have hurt after I deserted you, Kyokun. All this time, I was only chasing after you for myself. I'm sorry, she says as she cries. I'm sorry, Kyokun, I'm sorry. Kagura opens her eyes and sees his feet kind of on the ground in front of her and looks up. I know this is painful for you, Kyo says, to say those things on my behalf. Kagura, I won't like you. I'll never like you. I just wanted to tell you that. Looking down on me, using me, it doesn't matter. There's nothing for you to apologize for. Kagura suddenly stands and kind of like acts like she's trying to shake it off. And she's like, but I wanted to say my confession. And she stretches and adds, I'm glad I could say it. Oh, I feel better. You don't have to be so nice, she thinks. Either way, I know I knew it was hopeless. Kagura remembers running away from Kyo in his true form again as a child. At that time, part of me knew that I'd never be able to truly get close to you. But I still tried to convince myself that I could close the space between us, Kyokun, she thinks, smiling ruefully. How would you react if I told you that somewhere in my heart I'd given up? Would you cry from relief? I guess you would. Kagura, regardless of what your reason was, when you played with me, I was happy. Thank you, Kyo says. Kagura stops in her tracks. The kids who are playing nearby run past her. The girl announces that she's heading home and another kid is like, oh, chan wait. Wait, Kagura thinks, remembering Kyo calling her Kagura Nechan as a kid. It certainly was a love that started out forced. But the Kyokun who called me my name, the awkward innocent Kyokun, before I knew it, there was a part of me that chased after him because I wanted to. Kagura starts to cry again and turns. Kyo-chan, she shouts. Kyo-chan. He turns toward her. Kyo-chan, I do love you. I love you, she shouts. 
tears pouring out of her eyes. Believe me, she thinks. Kyo comes over and hugs her, uh, putting his hand on her head. Thank you, he says again. Thank you. And we see a sweet scene of Kyo and Kagura as kids sitting under a sunflower. Kagura reads to Kyo. And then we transition to later that night. Uh, Kagura returns home, and her mom asks what happened. Kagura thanks her for worrying about her. I'm sorry, I don't need pity, she thinks. And she goes to her room and sits on her bed amongst the mini, like, kitty-shaped plushies that she has. I don't expect anyone to understand these feelings. Feelings of pain, feelings of happiness. They're mine alone. Just like the Kyokun from back then is mine alone. Kagura cries again and thinks, Unlike me, he didn't say I'm sorry. He said thank you. Oh, Kyokun, you stay with me until I stop crying. Just you, Kyokun. Be mine alone, at least until this night is over. And that's the end of chapter 68. What an emotional roller coaster ride these two <laughs> chapters were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's like crying and there's there's like <laughs> I don't know. So many feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you like to kick off this discussion? Should we go in chronological order and start with the Toru and Kazuma? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I think like a lot of the stuff isn't really new to us. Mm-hmm. That is said between them. Yeah, I guess that's true. But um, I think the most interesting part about it for me is getting, like, Cosmo's perspective on everything. Because he's, like, he's not really inside or outside. Yeah, that's true. And so, like, I think his view, especially on Akito, is one of the more interesting things. Like, I remember finding that interesting the first time I read through. Mm-hmm. Where he's just, like, like, he's not afraid of Akito. He doesn't find Akito intimidating or anything the way the others do. Because it's just, like, a completely different situation for the ones that are in the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And also, like, he's older than them. Like, he describes mm-hmm. Akito as a child. Yeah. And even, like, even people like Shigure, who are obviously older than Akito, don't describe Akito that way. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that there's at least one person who thinks that of, of Akito as acting like a child. Yeah. I think that's the first time we had this kind of, like, perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, Akito has this vision of, like, absolute power and terror to pretty much everyone we've seen so far. And so, like, to have, like... Cosmo just being like, yeah, I'm not afraid of Akito. Akito's just a kid throwing a tantrum, but... Like an extremely violent (laughs) tantrum. Yeah. But for everyone else, like, everything's just, like, amplified from Akito to the Zodiac members. Mm -hmm. I think it's... I guess we could kind of even add that to our, like, things about the curse that we're tracking, which is, like, Mm -hmm. the... Well, I mean, they get more into this discussion about this bond that defines the curse in a second, but, like, even at the outset... You could say that, like, not only does um, not only does Akito play this kind of like role of God in the Zodiac, there's also this special relationship mm-hmm. that Akito has, which we've seen. Like, I think we've seen it yeah. played out, but we haven't had anybody kind of describe that. It's the relationship that Akito has with people in Zodiac is different than just like any other person. Yeah, it seems to be like almost a like physical thing. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, it causes them more pain. He says than other people. Yeah. Also, like, in that scene, so we've seen Akito, we've also been presented with Akito as someone who's someone to fear, right? Like, mm-hmm. this, we, the narrative that we see is almost, like, from the perspective of the Zodiac, where we see Akito being physically abusive, and Akito is mm-hmm. drawn in, like, a scary way. Like, we've talked about it a lot of times, like, how, just, like, the, how impactful the the style in which Akito is drawn, and then in these scenes... Mm-hmm. In this in this scene, like there's these two kind of like injected images of Akito that are shown mm-hmm. during the narrative, and both of them you can kind of see like are really they show like the first one doesn't necessarily show Akito in kind of this like 
sort of like weak position but i think the second one does because akito is shown kind of inside like kind of secluded away and then also like mm-hmm. the style of akito's clothes is always like disheveled like we've seen that a lot and they're like yeah. extra i feel like they actually look even more disheveled than normal in these two <laughs> photos like yeah. i don't know it seems like to be increasing like whatever akito's kind of like weakness or like instant mental instability is actually increased mm-hmm. so yeah and we talked a bit like during the beach arc how we started to see a little bit more of like akito being like almost vulnerable or fragile mm-hmm. which is kind of the first we've seen of that and so like this kind of continues on with that a bit yeah for sure i think it's actually building on mm-hmm. that um, yeah we've seen like specifically the this like bird imagery of a bird with akito before mm-hmm. and now in this scene the bird is dead I was like, what yeah. the fuck is this in the middle of this one mm-hmm. scene? Um, yeah. I don't have a specific thing to interpret about it mm-hmm. right now, but I thought it was, and it's like, it implied because of the the way that it's drawn, I feel like that Akito did something to like injure the bird or kill the bird. Yeah. And it seems like, like really casual. Like, yeah. Akito doesn't just kind of lean in there. Yeah. It kind of made me think of like, you know, the kind of, uh. I mean, it's true to some extent with the stereotype of, like, serial killers starting out by killing small animals yeah. when they're younger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just that imagery kind of made me think of that. So. You're not wrong. Yeah, and I feel like every time there's, like, a movie where it's, like, some kind of horror movie or about some kind of killer or whatever, if there's a bird, it's going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Every time I watch some kind of horror movie and there's a bird, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen to the bird? No. <laughs> always gonna be something even in harry potter (laughs) i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah there's just general kind of like bird symbolism you know birds are fragile creatures often kept in cages Mm -hmm. and there's a keto with a dead bird slash in a cage (laughs) yes yeah basically so yeah compared to all the you know people who are keto's their master so Mm -hmm. yeah there's kind of an interesting contrast when you mention it like that yeah akito is the one in the cage even though Akito is supposedly in control of them. Physically, yeah. at least, Akito is kind of separated. Mm-hmm. This is, I don't, I can't tell if this is like kind of like classic the way that Akito is represented, or if it is like building on, I think it is kind of building on like sort of like secluded imagery. And also, or not imagery, but kind of like, I don't know. I think it definitely builds on the fragility because we have that scene of Akito. Like, I think that first scene of Akito is fairly classic Akito. Mm-hmm. Just, like, you know, lounging with the dead bird. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> um, but then the next panel has, he's got kind of a, he's closed his eyes and has this kind of pained expression, yeah. it looks like. It does look like that to me. Yeah, and then, like, the later one where, like you said, he's, like, in the window. He looks really, very small. Mm-hmm. And then also has kind of a, I don't know how to describe it, but a unhappy expression yeah. in the next panel there, too. Like, Yeah, it does look sort of. It's, like, beyond unhappy. It's beyond just unhappy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what word you would use yeah. to describe it, but it's, um, I don't know, disenfranchised, but not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> look at my life, look at my choices. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but not just a typical, like, maniac Akito kind of anger expression or anything. No. Like, Even earlier. more... And not threatening. Sad, pensive kind of yeah. expression. They both are. Even the casual, like, dead mm-hmm. bird one is a bit more pensive, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. And pained, as you said. And this one also, yeah, is more, yeah, look at my life, look at my choices. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because, like, recently, I guess Akito used all of his energy, like, harassing everybody at the beach because, 
most of yeah. the stuff that we've seen recently has been like very threatening even like mm-hmm. um yeah. that really well, he was talking about even before like going to harass everyone at the beach it's like i'm tired i'm sick i don't feel good yeah. like so i could see it being like after all that probably doesn't feel much better no, <laughs> seriously doubt it <laughs> there's a little line that she is like it doesn't matter if i don't think i even said it when i was going through it but it's like it doesn't matter if he's you know like weak or strong you know like his words impact them more than other people mm-hmm. like it's kind of in that it's phrased in that way yeah and i think we talked about that before how like you know it's like physically a pretty like small and fragile presence but still manages to be so intimidating mm-hmm. there's more to their conversation that's just one part that's like the first half of yeah. their conversation <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then we get into kind of like the bond talk in general. <laughs> the bond talk. It's an interesting... So Shito kind of describes it as a bond, a blood bond that they have. Mm-hmm. And then Toru is the one who kind of makes this connection, I guess, on her own. That's kind of like, so the bond is the curse, question mark. Yeah. The great <laughs> thesis statement of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> of the story, <Yeah>. perhaps. <laughs> the other interesting thing about that part is that she, she says like a bond is something sacred and then... Like, I deserve to be punished for wanting to break it. And she thinks about her Mm -hmm. mother. So we've obviously seen a lot of her um, throughout this story, thinking of her mother at kind of a lot of key points. This one is, like, it's interesting. We haven't seen her really... So she, the last time I think she had kind of, like, thoughts, negative or positive, about her mother was at the beach. Yeah. In that moment where she's, like, awake at night thinking about her mother. And I guess the relationship mm-hmm. they have. And now here her mother crops up again in this point where she's thinking about the importance of a bond, how sacred a bond is. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. I guess it's like a contrast or like a, I don't know, like a comparison to, like, I wonder why that would be inserted. Takaya would choose to insert it there. It's obviously some, like, functionally in the story, I guess it's something where that's what Toru thinks of when she thinks of a strong bond. Yeah. But also, I guess then it's, her relationship with her mother is kind of like thematically then linked to the the bond that comes from the soma curse question mm-hmm. mark <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just posing that as a potential mm-hmm. i guess yeah i think there's definitely a theme of like different kinds of bonds positive and negative in the series so definitely and like kind of comparing them so. in these two chapters we get some comparisons of different relationships and i, I was mm-hmm. kind of a lot of it is on Tori's relationship with Kyo um, versus Kagura's, mm-hmm. but then there yeah. are some others that are sprinkled in here, like this one yeah. of Tori's kind of relationship with her mom. Yeah. I also like the, um, like she has that one panel memory of Momiji saying, because that's the curse, mm-hmm. which is, I believe, from when he was telling Hattori's story. And it's, I think, at the end when he's saying that, like, like all this stuff happened, but Hattori Never wouldn't blame Akito. Yeah. Yeah. And she asks why, and he says, because that's the curse. Mm-hmm. And, which kind of, yeah, this makes it more clear. It's like that bond to Akito is, you know, yeah, what was going on there and like why he couldn't blame Akito and why that's, you know, the curse that's hurting them all. Yeah, we finally have um, additional, like, I mean, I think it's it's been it's been communicated through the things that have happened, but this is like kind of tying, mm-hmm. wrapping all those two things, like wrapping that up, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's obviously like Toru and probably us to some degree, like, putting all the little pieces together to be like this is what the whole situation is yeah exactly the situation is like the the reason that nobody can defy keto is not because of the physical control or not because of the like um 
you know, not just because of the <laughs> emotional abuse and not just because of their just like familial relationship or the hierarchy in the family. Yeah. It's additionally yeah, it's... and mostly because of the curse itself and the bond they have. Yeah, it's the like a, in, the indescribable otherworldly connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have an interesting, something that was interesting about Toru and Chisho's conversation specifically to me, mm-hmm. which is how tense I think like um, Takaya does a good job illustrating how tense their discussion is by like Mm -hmm. the shading that's used and also like their body language so like you can see they sit very like stiff Toru bows her head Mm -hmm. these are things that she show comments on and then like then after that kind of discussion Toru's like when they serve the tea Toru's like oh Kim's getting bigger you think he's getting stronger and then they are kind of back to their like Mm -hmm. normal relationship which I think is really interesting the way that mm-hmm. Toru treats asking him about the curse, she treats it very um, sensitively. Mm-hmm. Um, then you see, like, Rin yeah. come in and she's like, <laughs> what the fuck was Toru doing here or whatever? Yeah. Well, I, think um, I think it's interesting how Toru, like, acts like she's making a huge imposition on him just by asking mm-hmm. these questions. Like, like she keeps being, like, like saying, please tell me and I'll if you tell me anything, I'll, like, like want to ask I'll anything ask of you anything, again yeah. and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. She says something like... Um, you know, like, oh, forgive me for imposing on mm-hmm. you this request and stuff yeah. like that. I can't remember exactly what it is. Yeah, and then Cosmo's reaction is, like, you're trying to do everyone a huge favor while you're acting so <laughs> humble about it, basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I do like the um, the first page of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, just how that's framed, where it's got, like, the shading of them and, like, facing opposite directions with the panel in between of the... Like wide, wide shot of them sitting, mm-hmm. and they're sitting so far apart. You can see mm-hmm. like their his how their hands are kind of clenched and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, the shading, this like the the structure where like she's on the left and he's on the right is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I also I took note of that and I was like, this is nice. Just like that's the panel, the yes. page of like Yuki, the one where he was like walking to school with the before meeting the student yeah. council. It struck me as being similar. It's something that's given a lot of space, especially in a... Like, most of this chapter is just this dialogue. So how... Mm-hmm. It's an interesting choice to... Or, like, it would be... I imagine it would be interesting to be, like, what do you actually choose to show when they kick off this conversation? Um, yeah. In the Like, how do you illustrate mm-hmm. it? And I think it's, an, it's a nice choice. It comes together nicely. It's, yeah, it's a very dialogue-heavy chapter. So having that kind of, like, room to breathe in that first page... It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Always Takaya has these expressions that are extremely difficult to describe. There's a bunch of them in this <laughs> in this chapter. You should just read it. Why are you listening to us? No. <laughs> but like They're listening because we're great. Yeah, I mean Definitely. But there's like um you know, there's like varying levels of surprise and varying levels of dismay and varying levels of mm-hmm. like happiness and like um concern is very interesting this time too. Yeah. Try to describe them simply, but there's a lot of different. They have really all of the characters in these chapters have really interesting facial expressions. Even Rin, with her like three second appearance, has these yeah really interesting sort of concerned and determined expressions at the end. I guess <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about Rin? Yeah, then? let's do it. Do you want to talk about Kyo first, or do you want to? We can just save that all for that. They are all kind of tied together. Yeah, I think that'd be best grouped together. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about Rin. <laughs> Rin. <laughs> I was like, yay, Rin's back. And then she just, like, <laughs> I love how she just, like, completely walks past Toru and completely ignores everything that she tries to say. 
Yeah. And then she's like, stop hanging around Soma's and then leaves. Um <laughs> The poor what's his name trying to get her to take yeah, off the shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, it. Wait. It's also like so taboo. Don't walk across the like to Tommy then, like, floor yeah. with your shoes on. How dare? <laughs> yeah, and then like picks up her bag after. Her. <laughs> He's like, oh, she keeps leaving her stuff everywhere. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like typical. So it's kind of funny. Or like same mm-hmm. as always. He says. So I guess maybe she comes over to to she shows a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you get the impression that she's been here before more than once. Definitely. <laughs> so. Both from that and from the conversation yeah. with Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, Cosmo yeah. actually says, um, if she came to ask the same question that you did. So it implies that at least they've had one conversation before. <laughs> yeah. But I would imagine that it's more than that. He seems, he's kind of a little bit sarcastic toward her, which is kind of funny from Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of a sugary thing to say. He's like, what's yeah. the matter? You're scowling like, oh, at me. I was flooding yesterday. Why are you scowling at <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> it's kind of funny because like, he definitely isn't normally like that. Like, he's normally yeah. so, um, like, whenever Kyo and Toru are there, he's like, oh, like, so charming, like, such a dad type. And then yeah. when Rin comes, he's, mm-hmm. like, such an asshole. Like, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah. I think it also implies some, like, familiarity between them, like, mm-hmm. which helps to, you know, imply that, like, she's come by or she's come around before. Like, he's obviously fairly casual with her compared to, like, people he doesn't know as yeah. well. Like Toru. like, Toru. And he also, well, Toru's very formal, too. <laughs> and also, like, yeah. um... With Kyo, I think he's, like, trying to... They're, they have a... It's established that they have a sort of a strange relationship. Like, they're close, yeah. but they... I think they both are still... Um, like, we saw the time where he visited with Toru, the infamous hand-touching chapter, a couple yeah. chapters ago. And even then, he's... Mm-hmm. Like, Kyo is like, why are you cooking and reading books and stuff like that? But, like, even in the moments where they have, like, a discussion, like, Kyo's, or Shisho's never, like, sarcastic or anything. Like, he doesn't really, like, tease mm-hmm. Kyo. He's very, like, he treats Kyo very delicately. Yeah. With Rin, he's, like, Yeah, it seems her. like, yeah. yeah, and, like, we know, like, Kyo and Cosmo, at least in the recent years, had have been kind of strained because they both felt like, like, they didn't want to push the other too mm-hmm. far, basically. Yeah. And, like, assuming their, the strength of their relationship and, like, they're getting a little bit more, like, casual and teasy with each yeah. other now. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially mm-hmm. now that Kyo brought, uh, brought Toru there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, of course, with Toru, he's going to be more formal because she is, and also, mm-hmm. and also, like, just, yeah, and, you know, proper. Yeah. Um, I don't, what's the word? It's just, like, social um, behavior, I guess. <laughs> the expected yeah. behavior. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've only met a handful of times before this. That's true. So. <laughs> and only one time he, like, forced <laughs> forced his son only yeah. one time he caused his son to transform into a horrible monster in front of her no big deal yeah <laughs> it's okay yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta build up to you know casual conversation after that. <laughs> it's hard to look someone in the eye after that i mean yeah <laughs> yeah but anyway i don't know there's something i don't know exactly what it is oh, we're sorry it's not about written i just wanted to say again that um <laughs> yeah their conversation is so tense they don't even like they barely look at each other in in the face really yeah. interesting until the like casual discussion at the end, mm-hmm. and I just think it's well captured. And then yeah, the contrast of Rin coming in, busting in, being like, "What's that girl doing yeah. here?" And I think we get. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've seen Rin's, like we've had her um her conversation with Shigure. Yep. Where yeah, her sexy conversation. Where he's like, I don't know why you think I'll know, and <laughs> all this kind of stuff was all vague and mysterious yes. and sexy. Yes, <laughs> sexy and mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was vague. Yeah, it was like, what is she doing? Why is she sneaking around? And then she went to the beach, which was like, why did she go to the beach? We'll never know. Yeah. She just showed up to transform and then 
disappear, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so now we have kind of an idea of what her mysterious goal was. It's at least related to the curse mm -hmm. since breaking, <laughs> breaking it, it since Cosmos is like she came to ask the same questions you did. Yeah. I think it's strongly implied that that some it's something related to that. And then she says I won't yeah. let her get involved, which is kind of interesting about Toru. Yeah. So it's hard to tell exactly at this point what Rin's motivation is. She seems to yeah. be similarly driven, but she's so anti-Toru, <laughs> everything about her, mm -hmm. and wants her to kind of stay away. Um, yeah. So it's difficult to tell what why that is at this point. Yeah, she's definitely trying to drive Toru away, but it's not clear why. Like, But it's nice to see her again. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's nice to see her not, you know, passing yes. out. Yes. <laughs> Tor's like, are you well? You don't look as pale as before, or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh dear. I guess before we go on to all the Kyo and Kagura stuff, there is a little scene with like Yuki and, and Tor, or like Yuki and Shigure, um, like at mm -hmm. Shigure's house. And as we kind yeah. of pointed out during the summary, like, it's not, Kyo sits with them. It's this like, one of those things where it seems like the same kind of gag, but then there's these little things that are revealed in it that I think show how the characters are developing. So Shiguri is mm -hmm. kind of the same. He makes the same joke as, as always, but like Yuki and Kyo, they have this kind of non-fight where yeah. <laughs> Yuki just kind of acts like he's being dumb because he is being dumb. And mm -hmm. then Kyo is like, yeah. it's your job. And yeah, it's yeah. Funny. But it's funny, like, like, you know, they're like Yuki's picking on him, but he's like obviously trying to encourage him to be like, it's like, why don't you pick up Toru for yeah. work sometimes? I'm sure she would enjoy that. Yes, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's what you do. <laughs> and then he's just like, you're, you're an idiot. idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, why do I bother? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't bother Yuki. He'll never get it. I mean, yeah. but yeah, it's very charming. But then I have a little bit of like, what you're saying about them, like agree, kind of agreeing at the end, like against Shigure's like humor or whatever. <laughs> yes. Because like Yuki's this, the like, I've heard enough of your pervy comebacks and you have a tiny bubble that's probably from Kyo. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's always um, Kyo and Kyo and Yuki versus Shigure. Yeah, Kyo versus Yuki, but Kyo and Yuki versus Shigure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, and then the little the little scene of them sitting at the table I find to be really sweet too, where you, like Kyo, we talked about Kyo, but yeah. then Yuki's also like pushing Shigure's um, newspaper down and yeah, totally smiling. It's very funny. It's all very charming. So yeah, it's a it's a very dynamic little panel. Yeah, it is. It, like shows relationships well and just a glimpse yeah. there so it's cute and you also have Cosmo kind of like staring off into the distance <laughs> with his final yeah. closing thoughts <laughs> before <laughs> that but I think it's interesting that like um, so the story is mostly told from Toru's point of view um, there's like some things like this the next chapter which is like mostly Kagura's or like somewhere we've had like Uo's mm -hmm. backstory or Hana's where it kind of follows the same format where it's like a lot of memories that are narrated by the character but the things that unfold in yeah. the present tend to mostly unfold from Toru's point of view. So it's kind of interesting to get another perspective mm -hmm. on Toru, which is she shows this time. So he says, "Yeah, you should just continue to smile for them. That's a thing that you can do that helps them form new bonds with them." Mm -hmm. And he says, "Like you don't even know you don't you don't see it in yourself what you give to everyone, the gift that pours out from your heart." That's kind of like nice to wrap up this yeah. little part of this chapter. So mm -hmm. yeah, to. If you're this to go back a tiny mm -hmm. bit, I think Torres' reaction to the like repeated "be yourself" kind of stuff she's gotten, yes, is kind of interesting. It like, is interesting. It's funny because it's kind of like, well, first of all, I have tr I remembered all of these times 
So it's yeah. um it's so Toru what happens is what we're talking about is Toru has this um she's leaving she shows and she's she remembers what he said, which is he says for you to be yourself is important and then she has these memories, one of her mother, one of Shigure, and then one of Yuki, and then Kyo. Um, mostly focused mm-hmm. on the one of Kyo. And of course, like the one of her mother is what she remembers at the very beginning of the series. The one from Yuki is also at the very beginning where she's like, um, she's like, what are the, she's like, what are the rules of the house or whatever? I can't remember exactly what she asks him. And asks him, and Yuki is like, just be yourself. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then when she leaves the Soma estate, the one where Shigure says it is, I think, when she's leaving the same chapter we just talked about with Momiji, the one where she sees Akito for the first time, the one where she learns about Tatori's backstory. Mm-hmm. She asks Shigure, yeah. um, is there anything I need to do about the curse? Or like, is there anything I can do? And he says, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And then this one of Kyo is when she's sick and he's like, you need to get back to the way that you normally are. Or like, I won't know what to do. I can't remember exactly what he says. It's a sentence that trails off. So it's the same kind of situation. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting scene. It's kind of like, I feel like she's like processing all of those things. Like, be myself. What does it mean to be myself? Like, yeah, I think maybe she. It seems like she might be like feeling the pressure from that because it's like, she's like, I want to. I keep asking what I can do, and people keep telling me to be myself. Like, what do I have to do? Like, it's like, what is? I was thinking about it too. It's like, what does be yourself mean? What does Mm -hmm. it mean? Like doing. Yeah. There's a. There's like, I feel like she. She's trying to pursue an action, Mm -hmm. and it feels like being yourself isn't an action yeah (laughs) right so yeah i think she's she's trying to find something like proactive to do and i was telling her you know just be there the implication is like just just being there and supporting everyone and you know helping them break their molds and everything is more help than she knows Mm -hmm. but i don't think she's quite getting quite gotten to that point of realizing that so Mm -hmm. i think so i agree with you She's very focused on, so she's, on yeah, that. Yeah, so she's just like, what the heck am I supposed to do? <laughs> no one can tell me what to do. They just keep telling me to be myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I would say it. That's how Toru would say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as if there's a thing that can be done. But I guess at this point, she's also she realizes that it's the it's kind of the bond that holds them all together. But she hasn't put two and two together that like being someone who can be supportive and and like, like kind of the way that Shisho phrases it, when he's thinking, um, like can, you can be a support for Kyo and form a new bond with him. If she mm-hmm. can be someone who can give them something outside yeah, of the the bonds they have, this like the forced bond, bond with bond the, have, yeah, then that would be better. That would be something she could do. Mm-hmm. But I think the story for her, the idea is still building. So. Yeah, and then this seems also interesting because it transitions into this like a heavily Kyo focused idea. Mm-hmm. So and there's also I didn't really think of it until just this moment, and probably elaborate on it later. But kind of a connection of like forced love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is. I'm thinking of calling this episode for a forced <laughs> love. It was a forced love. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's on my list of potential quote names that I already made. <laughs> but yeah, perhaps because that's also what's that's. Um, what basically the topic of the next chapter is too. And yeah. with that segue, now we can talk about the next chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless there's something else you want to talk about in this one. No, I think that's... That's everything. Everything. Okay. So yeah, Kagura, Kagura and Kyo. Mm-hmm. It's a good chapter for Kagura. Like it was. <laughs> Kagura's like, there's a lot of characters in Fruits Basket who don't get a lot of details in their 
backstory. And in fact, some of them yeah. are actually like if you have an older version, like if you if you have the luxury of having a Tokyo Pop version, in this chapter that we read, there's a bunch of like side panels of um, information. They're like author's notes about different characters who don't get a lot of attention, like Shigeru's editor mm-hmm. Michan, for example. Yeah. Anyway, it's nice that mm-hmm. we get more detail about Kagura. Yeah, I think it definitely helps to fill her out as a character mm-hmm. rather than be mostly kind of a one note gag character. Yes. So. And her mom also kept her home from the beach arc where everybody else was <laughs> everybody else was having yeah. their growth. So now we need to have some cocker mm-hmm. growth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, tiny, isolated baby kill is just even sadder it's than, so like, sad. <laughs> we've ever seen. Like... It's so sad. Yeah, I was reading it. I forgot the details from this. So I was like, there's mm-hmm. the scene. There's, like, so they meet for the day. So what happens in the chapter is, is first kill or first uh, Kagura sees Kyo, and then he tries to tell her that he's not interested in her. And she's like, I won't listen to you unless we go on a date. So she does the thing that she mm-hmm. tends to do where she kind of like bullies him into doing something and broke the fence, which she also tends yeah. to do. And then the next one, when they go on this date, is basically like a series of her talking to him in the present and then these memories from the past. And the first mem- the first thing she says is like, oh, I was thinking of going to a movie, but then I remember that you don't like them. And then she asks if he watches movies and is like, but nobody's around to get mad at you anymore if you watch TV. And I was like, no. And then mm-hmm. in the next scene, yeah. it goes into this memory where... Um, he's, Kyo is like pitifully drawing fried eggs in the dirt and Kagura, baby Kagura, baby Kagura comes in and is like, um, like, you know, what are the things that you like? Do you like fried eggs? Is that why you're drawing them? What TV do you like? Like a normal kid would ask another normal kid and he's like, mom doesn't let me watch Mm -hmm. TV. She says there's like bad stuff on TV or whatever. She gets mad when I watch TV. I was like, no, Mm -hmm. no trains, no TV. Yeah, and like, you know, we've seen like that he's ostracized and hasn't been allowed, you know, much social experience when he was younger, but this is like the youngest we see him, and it's just like, even before everything went like way, way bad, it's like he wasn't wasn't allowed to play with anybody, wasn't allowed to watch TV, to the point where like the second someone starts to talk to him, he just runs away. Like, Yeah, so sad. Yes, (laughs) she talks to him and then he tries to run away and she's like, it's fun, (laughs) you can talk to me, I'm (laughs) just like you. Yeah, and I was so sad. Yeah. Also to see that. Yeah. And we kind of get more of like, but like we've had the idea of uh, the cat as kind of a scapegoat so. so far. And we see like even the, even, you know, someone as young as Kagura is like kind of thinking that even if not like explicitly, mm-hmm. like I don't think she's explicitly deviously as a like five-year-old or whatever thinking like, oh. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have it better than him. Like it's just in her mind. This I mean, like, I guess, I think what she's, I think what happens is that she's, like, reflected on it. So what happens structurally in the chapter is, like, you see the first, the first memory, and it's, like, pretty normal. I still think the scene where she's kind of standing over him and is, like, want me to play with you kind of creeps me out a little bit. It has this Aikido-like quality. Yeah. Well, we've got this, I think those skinny panels on the page before that has the, like, her face looking down on him and we got some nice uh, black feathers yes <laughs> yes we do floating across the <laughs> panels there um like, i didn't say that it yeah. was like i didn't propose that this was a thing or anything but black feathers guys <laughs> yeah i do have a note that just says feathers there's a lot because there's white feathers um when kyo's thinking about i mean when Tori was thinking about kyo in the other chapter or like in the yeah yeah thinking about the thinking about it's like not specifically about kyo but it's the transition between her thinking about what does it mean for her to be herself and then seeing mm-hmm. Rin? Yeah. But yeah, Black Feathers. But yeah, those couple of panels are a little ominous even before we get the full, like, yeah. 
kind of reveal of like why Kagura decided to try and befriend him as a child. Yeah. The one that creeps me out the most is the one. So Kyo looks up with this super like earnest face that's drawn super big, and there's one on the like left hand side mm-hmm. of the page where she's just like yeah. smiling, and that one is mm-hmm. the one that creeps me out the most. I don't know yeah. what specifically. I mean, you just see this like grin. Um, yeah, it looks. Yeah, it looks a little like a little calculating for someone so yes. young. Like, <laughs> but I think it's her. <laughs> I think that she didn't actually think that as a child. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was any kind of conscious, like, set of thoughts at that no. age. It was just like, you know, she's talking about how, like, she, she like, hated herself as a child because she felt like it was her fault yeah. that all this, you know, bad stuff was happening in her family because she was born cursed. Yeah. And she's like, at least I don't, like, play by myself or, like, at least, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I at least... I think what it is is, like, probably when she was a kid, she felt good about being around Kyo, and then her, like, you know, mm-hmm. gr- growing up has enabled her to look back on those memories and be like, I yeah. I chose to spend time with him because I felt better around him because he was mm-hmm. in such a worse off kind of position, so yeah. that's then represented in her retelling of these memories, mm-hmm. reliving these memories, right? Yeah. And she probably felt like, that kind of like, oh, I'm being generous, I'm playing with this kid who's yes. all alone kind of thing and then like reframing it as an adult she realizes like oh that wasn't like a positive feeling no she realizes that it was all to satisfy herself specifically when she goes into the memory of running away from him in his true form Mm -hmm. that i guess like like you said she she felt like she was doing a good thing by by spending time with him but she couldn't overcome like the feelings the feeling of fear like she couldn't mm-hmm. be a genuinely good friend to him i guess it's like what she means when she says she felt dirty or whatever yeah i really like the part where she's just like she said she wanted to do it over again and to become like the better person who could accept him and then like realizing like that wasn't a positive thought either like because it's not about like she was thinking like because it's not about like being a better person and better friend to kyo is about just being a person who like she didn't feel like she didn't feel shitty a bad about. person yeah about. exactly <laughs> yeah like it was all the her whole motivation was was selfish she feels the whole time yeah i was like i want to feel better about myself I rather than i want to do better I be better friend for, for kyo, kyo. So, yeah 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 which is so interesting such a like self mm-hmm. um such a like self-aware thing to think yeah to look back at something so many times to look at the same memory so many times and then say like the actual thing that was happening mm-hmm. was that I felt like this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. And it's such a, like, you know, it's a very realistic set of emotions. Definitely. Like, like people definitely do things that they tell themselves are good things just because they want to feel good about it rather than, like, just do a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think especially when you're a kid, too. Like, um, yeah. I think kids do, well, kids aren't as, uh, I mean, like, I don't know, a lot of adults aren't aware of what is motivating them yeah. to do things, but kids especially aren't aware of what's motivating them to take certain actions, right? So she's like, I'm friends with Kyo yeah. because I'm being nice to him, but yeah, because it, cause mm-hmm. it makes her feel a certain way to be with him. Yeah. But also, like, at the end where Kyo, like, tells her, like, it didn't matter. he was happy when they played together as kids. Like, yes. Even if he knows now it was a less altruistic thing they were he was still happy it made him it made his childhood a little bit better mm-hmm. like <laughs> for sure i think that's also really touching and also true or like a, a realistic mm-hmm. feeling i'm sure yeah the other interesting thing about then the chapter takes this turn where then kagura is like somewhere i realized i did start like loving you for the person that you are 
I did start going after mm-hmm. her. I did start, um, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she's like, I started pursuing you because I, I liked you for who you were. Yeah. And then sort of like confesses her feelings truly. It's an interesting, mm-hmm. like, so we have this, this is a character we know is supposedly has feelings for Kyo, right? Like it's been established pretty early on that she shows up and she demands to have time be spent with her and stuff like that. Like it's, it's seen mm-hmm. as it's, it's presented as her having, having romantic feelings for him. And then there's still a dramatic confession from her, which is really interesting yeah. to me. It's like, so such a weird thing to have, like, but she was already in love with mm-hmm. him and she's saying it again, but it's, I guess like to her, it's more of a, like her true feelings. She mm-hmm. felt like she expressed her, what her true feelings are, but that was yeah. more like about her past. And so then she, says how she feels again yeah. and I f- it kind of feels like she she herself didn't realize until this mm-hmm. moment that like she really is in love with him mm-hmm. like yeah yeah i knew that all of this chapter was coming but i didn't think that i would feel the same feel the way that i feel about it which is how interesting it is <laughs> like um yeah. my my recollection of this chapter is like the first thing that we discussed not the thing we just talked about just now where it's like she, yeah. my, my, like, recollection was, like, well, Kagura was friends with Kyo because she pitied him. But it's, like, beyond mm-hmm. that. I think it's interesting that you pointed out that, like, I'm sure that these memories that she has are being exaggerated, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. being, it's, it's exaggerated to communicate how she feels about them, not what actually happened. Yeah. So. And, like, you know, Kyo says, like, it made him happy. And we see lots of little glimpses of them together as kids. And they do seem they like seem they're genu- genuinely having a good time mm-hmm. and being happy together just being so. like regular kids like like yeah. her there's a really cute one like right after she's talking about like oh i have it easy compared to the cat there's a really cute thing of them like hugging which is it's a really adorable little mm-hmm. panel i like the one where at the very end of this the scene with kyo mm-hmm. he's um they're sitting under like the flowers and reading together <laughs> it's really sweet yeah and it is like you know she says like kyo wasn't always so short-tempered and has like a thing at the end where she says like the kyo from back then is like mine alone mm-hmm. and it's like we really haven't seen kyo like this before yeah. like we haven't seen him we've only seen him short-tempered because even in the earliest mm-hmm. flashback that we have of him which is at the funeral probably yeah we saw how angry he was mm-hmm. so this is like pre that yeah. kyo but he's <laughs> yeah and he's just like this sweet affectionate little boy like a poor little child who's never seen a train and doesn't watch tv yeah (laughs) yeah and he's so genuine his expressions in this like the way that takaya draws his expressions are so like genuinely happy and so Mm -hmm. like genuine and innocent the way that kagura describes him as being like innocent my like innocent kyo it's very i think it's true i think it comes across well and he's actually he's always been portrayed like that too like even in the times that we saw before when he wasn't being angry he was like mm-hmm. he, i don't know he kind of has this like boyish innocence to his character yeah. that's always kind of been there but mm-hmm. the kind of like anger on top of that has <laughs> a like a layer on top yeah. of that that's since been disappeared it's like it he was kind of like that and now not mm-hmm. so much. She clearly points out that he, she's like, oh, he would have been so short-tempered with me before, but now he's not. Yeah, he's becoming a more gentle and affectionate mm-hmm. person again. Obviously, not to that degree, but... <laughs> but more, <laughs> also just more mature, like, recognizing that she... Mm-hmm. Like, Kyo doesn't want to go on this date with her. He doesn't want to, like, you know, enable her to have this time, but he does it. Like, he takes the time to mm-hmm. sit with her and waits until she finishes crying and lets her express all the things that she wants mm-hmm. to express and physically comforts yeah. her... Um, it's really genuine. Yeah, and even like before, nice. 
Yeah, and even like before going on the date, he obviously realizes that this is something she's serious mm -hmm. about. Like, it's not just a frivolous like, oh, we're gonna go on a date kind of thing. Like, like she needs she the way that she communicates. Yeah, is like there's obviously something serious that she wants to yeah to talk about or do on this date. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> like she she says to him like just like bear with this a little bit longer. Like she has something mm -hmm. that she wants. Yeah. He. So she acts like she also says like. I basically like um like semi threatened him to come on this this date. But like Yeah. He recognized he clearly recognized that he needed to be patient with her and spend the time with her. Yeah. We also saw baby true form, which is weirdly adorable. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I think the baby weird true form's tail is the weirdest part, which we saw in the true form <laughs> chapter. The baby face is not so yeah. bad. <laughs> Plus, mm -hmm. I think Takaya's drawing style has changed a little bit in between the, those two times. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a little more... Yeah. It's got stubby little ears. <laughs> <laughs> it has more kitty-shaped eyes. Stubby yeah. ears. Yeah. No tail shown. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, uh, also, the way that this happens, is like, oh, I forced you. But, like, it's such a kid thing to do to be like, I want to wear this. I want to do this. Give yeah. me the bracelet. And then she, like, pulls it off and it's like, mm -hmm. I bet you regret that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, actually, she did. She regretted it for, you know, until now. Yeah. It ate away slowly at her conscience for all this time, mm -hmm. I guess. But, I mean, it's such a such a yeah. kid thing to happen. Um, it's really mm -hmm. funny to me. And it's really, um, I don't know, yeah. A not very natural story, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's kids are like yeah. that. It's like, I want to see this yeah. now. Let me have it. Like, <laughs> bracelet for a while. She was like, um, yeah. please don't do that. Yeah. And we also see uh, Kagura's mom again at the yes. end. And um, this is another one of those ones we've talked about, like the Zodiac kids and their relationships with their parents before. Yeah. And we've seen that, like, in the past, we've seen Cogger's mom, and she did seem, you know, they seemed on good terms. Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of, this is another one of those ones where it's like, you see, like, they, it was rough when they were younger, but they're working mm -hmm. through it compared to some of the other ones. And so it's another, you know, nice one to see them, you know, still on good terms. Mm -hmm. She's still concerned about her daughter and everything. Yeah, they seem to have, like, a kind of regular mom-daughter relationship, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was nice. It was nice to see her added a little bit in this chapter. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I don't think we ever see your dad. Are they probably divorced? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> or he just isn't there, which is possible. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> separated in some yes. way after the, the stress. Perhaps. It's not clear. <laughs> we'll never know. But Yeah. It's just kind of an assumption I think I've come to after reading maybe. this. <laughs> there, he's certainly never shown. She says, cause she says, like, yeah, she, cause she says, they my fought. parents often fought because of me. And whenever I saw Mama crying by herself afterwards, yeah. and you know, in the present day, she just seems to be with her yeah, mother. We never see her dad. We see her with her mom. Yeah. And then we also see, um, like, Arena's living with them too. And I assume if it was an environment where people were mm -hmm. fighting all the time, why would they want Rin to be yeah. there? So maybe it's maybe yeah. it's just her and her mom. I don't know. That's complete conjecture, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Just. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, just some speculation. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> if they're certainly physically separated. More of the Zodiac parents probably could have been okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. <laughs> Separating. Probably. <laughs> Considering some of the circumstances, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, is that everything that happened? <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> I think so. It was 
Just like two really big dramatic conversations. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny how how a conversation can be so dramatic. Basically, Kagura is all Kagura is. It's like one, it's one conversation with Kyo and all these memories that are interspersed. And the other one is like towards one conversation with Shisho, which was actually carried over over two chapters. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just like a bit at the end of this like kind of resolution of that at the end. Yeah. And also Rin was there. I mean, (laughs) okay, good. This was fun. These chap- I was really <laughs> excited to talk to you today. I was excited that we read these. It was good. a good two chapters. A nice hearty two chapters, yeah. I felt. So I guess that's it for this episode, unless you stick <laughs> around for some spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next time we're going to yep. talk about <laughs> chapters 69 and 70, so it's going to be a good time. I think it's uh, mostly some Rin stuff this time. We're finally going to get more stuff about Rin. So you can always send us questions or comments or anything on our Tumblr, You can, which is uh, staytogetherpodcast.tumblr.com. Yeah. And then also Twitter is at staytogetherpod. It's like I know these things. I don't know. Now they're in my browser history now. I don't need to remember anything anymore, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's the way that I like it. Okay. Thank you all for listening and always for supporting us. It's always so nice. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. ready to talk about fruits basket spoilers <laughs> sure <laughs> we were just talking about full metal alchemist if anybody was, was curious <laughs> no spoilers no no spoilers <laughs> only just about how nice the um full metal edition ones are if you're the kind of person who buys books yeah they're pretty <laughs> they're very nice i i concur i own them now because i wanted them in my heart <laughs> <laughs> They're shiny. They have shiny foil on them, which is important. I'm currently coveting them, but I think I will own them soon. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I took a couple of the major ones I remember, and they were mm. fixed. So. Oh, that's good. Also, they uh, undid the weird censorship in one chapter that I remember, where there was, like, someone was chained to a rock that was obviously in a cross shape, and they made it into, like, a weird lump of rock for the trans- really? for the American release. Because <laughs> Jesus? Question mark? <laughs> I guess they thought someone would be upset, so they changed it, but I looked it up and it's back but to But there's a, a lot of weird, the, the whole thing has, that whole chapter has weird Christian imagery, like, that's the whole point. Like, anyway, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's fine. Or not that whole <laughs> chapter, but, like, that yeah. section, I guess, like, that story. Yeah, there's definitely some, you know, intentional yes. imagery like that in there. Not a lot. Not like Chrono Crusade, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's good. Censorship is not the best, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a politically correct thing to say? I mean, <laughs> ah, I'm so Probably funny not. and timely, huh? We're just gonna have, we're gonna produce this podcast and we're just gonna bleep out <laughs> you saying censorship is not the best. <laughs> censorship is beef. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay, let's talk about some spoilers, and then we can go to bed. I mean, <laughs> um, the I have okay spoiler things. This is what I wrote. My list is kind of short because now we're getting to this. I think we're in the, the changeover where things are happening instead of being spoiled. I was like, well, yeah. we talked about this before and we talked about this before, but it's like, I guess the, I guess the Akito like <laughs> dead bird imagery is. He knows. We're I know, really. About dead birds again. <laughs> that's why I laughed. <laughs> that was if I decide to leave that in. That's Kayla's bird. <laughs> He's been commenting this whole time about all our dead bird talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's no. not a fan. He thinks we should yeah. censor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very politically correct to talk about dead birds. 
the the image of Akito, the imagery of the dead bird. There's other imagery of dead birds, yeah. obviously. Kind of like... Yeah, this is not the last time we'll see a dead bird in association with Akito. <laughs> but, like, specifically that, the one that I'm thinking of is the one that's associated with Kareno getting stabbed. So I was kind of unsure yeah. if this actually relates to that, or if it's just, like, some bird. There's just a bunch of bird imagery that's associated with Akito. I think for the reason mm-hmm. that you pointed out that we've talked about before that's like you know bird ca- birds are caged they're fragile etc cetera, etc cetera. like it's more yeah. of a symbol at this point for Akita. yeah i do think like i think the bird is a symbol and i think kind of kareno's relationship with Akito is kind of symbolic of the whole bond and curse situation like they're kind of a direct one-to-one that's true like extreme version of it basically yeah, i guess but then yet his curse is broken, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, how Crano's like even more isolated mm-hmm. than a lot of the other Zodiac and even more under Akito's control mm-hmm. and gets even more, you know, physically hurt by Akito <laughs> yes. than And seems to be even more like a lot of the kind others. of bonded to Akito, more loyal to Akito mm-hmm. than some of the others. Yeah. Despite the curse being broken for him. Mm-hmm. I don't have any other things to say about the dead bird. <laughs> hopefully, no. hopefully your bird will be satisfied. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that make you go. Ooh, yeah, when you're rereading. I was it. like, Ooh, what? Because there's like there's blood on Akito's like um, clothes. Like, it's not like yeah. the bird is just dead and Akito's like meh. It's like Akito clearly did something. It's implied that Akito did something to to injure the bird or kill the yeah. bird. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> the next one that I wrote down was. Toru's kind of like be yourself thought sequence um, I do think there's some obviously some connection here between like her anxieties regarding her mom mm-hmm. that we're starting to get a view of and her uh, growing feelings for Kyo yes. it's like we even say like right away when like we have her remembering her mom when it talks about the bond mm-hmm. and then in here she remembers her mom in addition to everyone else there and then it kind of focuses on Kyo at the end and she looks kind of surprised like she's starting to realize something mm-hmm. and then it gets interrupted by Rin showing up before she can like looks like kind of fully yeah, have that thought. kind of manifest what she's thinking of yeah and we have the like as in your in the fe- grand feather theory um, that unites mm-hmm. all of this story um, yes. the there's these like kind of white petals so we have this imagery of white petals and we talked about it before I think when there's sort of the potential of like a new bond forming. Didn't we talk about this with mm-hmm. like Hana? I didn't look this up before this episode, but we talked about this with Hana, I think. Yeah, we've talked about it. Like we've seen it. It seems to be our kind of general theory, I think, is that the the white feathers are kind of positive bonds and relationships and the black feathers are kind of negative aspects of the mm-hmm. same I think so. Which is nicely illustrated in these chapters. I don't know if I brought these up when I was first establishing my theory. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I might have missed these, but... <laughs> it's subtle. And it's mm-hmm. like, it is... It's... The shape, the actual form, like the visual form of these is like, the white one is more of like a petal rather than a feather. Yeah. And then there's dark... Kagura is like dark sort of shape. It's almost like... To me, it looks more like a leaf. Like, it looks kind of mm-hmm. like leaves or, like, petals as there's well. There's, like, yeah, there's, like, leaves blowing through the previous panels, mm-hmm. but then they get, like, the dark shadow look over those couple of ominous yeah. panels. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, which, like, so they're not sh- maybe strictly feathers, but they're definitely the same kind of imagery. Yeah, I think I think they're, I think we could maybe establish that they're interchangeable, 
So a lot of times earlier yeah. on it's feathers, but sometimes it's petals and sometimes it's leaves. And so now you have this kind of like that sort of floating yeah. object, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times like when they're obviously meant to be some kind of like symbolic image, they're kind of solid white or solid mm-hmm. black. Because you can see like in previous like panels, they're just floating through. They're just feathers leaves but, or whatever. Feathers. Yeah. But then when they get to those panels, they're like fully shadowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very um, deliberate change in the like shape of it so or the mm-hmm. whatever the shading i have a question for you about this scene unrelated to like spoiler it's like kind of i mean kind of spoilery because it could be encompass the whole story but this message mm-hmm. so i feel like the message of be yourself is very strong versus do something mm-hmm. so we yeah in our non-spoiler discussion we talked about how Toru is kind of seeking something to do and the answer that mm-hmm. keeps coming up over and over again is to to just be the person that she is. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, like, is that... Do you think that that's something that's, like, a theme like or, like, a message that Takai is trying to tell us? Like, it's more important to be yourself or, like, to... Is it is it something about being, like, genuine and that's more important than, like, action? Or is it specifically about Toru? Is it a general theme or is it specifically about Toru? Um, I don't know, but I think specifically about Toru for this yes. part, I think part of it is that being herself is being the kind of person who wants to do something. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a weird, like, cyclical, like... Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, like, Toru wouldn't be herself if she wasn't <laughs> trying to... Cause she, not wanting to break the curse to help people. Like, that is herself. Yeah. That is her... The act... Of going to talk to Shisha as- aspect of her personality <laughs> that makes her want that makes her such a positive influence on everyone mm. here, <laughs> and her ability to make like a genuine connection with people. Yeah, yeah, she is someone who's sort of like we've seen her be predisposed to action, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because like like for example, when Akito shows up at school the first time, she pushes Akito. Mm-hmm. She stands in front of between Akito yeah. and Momiji. Yeah, I think um we've talked about how like. The kind of reputation Toru has as a shoujo protagonist, mm-hmm. and I think she's kind of seen as just kind of a passive, like, yeah, you know, good. just smiles everyone. and makes everything better kind of person. Mm-hmm. But she's really a fairly active protagonist. Mm-hmm. Like, she she does a lot of <laughs> yes. things. She causes things yes. to happen. Like, especially <laughs> things don't happen just to her. No, nothing happens to her except. Well, actually, that's not true. The reason that she's there is because she mm-hmm. camped on their land. So she actively was like, the plan yeah. that I have is that I'm not going to impose on my yeah. friends. I'm going to set up a camp myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very independent and proactive. She's just very polite about it. So she doesn't come off as like the typical yeah. kind of independent and proactive protagonist. Like she had to call Shisho. It's not like she just like ran into him and was like, oh, by the way, do you know anything about the curse? Mm-hmm. It was like she had, she when she left the beach, she had a plan in mind. When they got home, she was yeah. like, I'm going to call Shisho. I'm going to talk to him. He probably knows something. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. early on, like, the memory that's alluded to, like I mentioned before, the one with Sh- with um, Shigure when she's leaving the house, she's like, is there something that I need to do? Mm-hmm. Like, it was already sort of yeah. something on her mind as if there was something that she kind of, like, needed to be there for, a reason that she needed to be mm-hmm. there. And again, that's the kind of person she is, so by being herself. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's a good point. It's clear. It's cl- if you actually look at what's happening, it's clear that she's, an act actively making these things happen. She actively seeks yeah. to. To deepen her relationships with the people that she meets, in a genuine way, mm-hmm. and do th- does tries to do things, 
like tries to act in a way that it do the things that they need. Like she didn't. She says yeah. in the true form thing that she didn't. She was uncomfortable. Like she didn't want to run after Kyo, but she knew that if she didn't go and talk to him, he would never come back. Mm-hmm. She's like kind of set up as a. I think we can feel a lot of sympathy for Kagura's character, but Toru is set up as being like a, a foil for her specifically in that in that yeah. way. So that scene, of course, alludes to her relationship with Kyo. Like she's realizing something, like you said. And then did we finish talking about mm-hmm. how her mom and the bond with her mom? So we talked about in the in the non-spoiler discussion, we talked about this how her mom is also this like one little sequence is so important to the like interpretation of these chapters because her mom is also mm-hmm. there and there she's just having this discussion with her about the bond and this bond they have with the with blood, how deep the bond is between the the Junichi and it's like something that outsiders don't understand. And what she thinks of when he talks about mm-hmm. this is her her mother and she says a bond is sacred. Yeah. I think it's definitely um, feeding into the beginning of her anxieties about like forgetting her mom and definitely. everything that's starting to crop up. Yeah, yeah. We had the one scene from the beach where she was thinking about her mother, um, mm-hmm. and the memories that she has with her. And of course, it's going to that anxiety is going to keep building. And I think like her feelings mm-hmm. for Kyo are also what cause more and more of that anxiety is going to start to cause it to like snowball. Yeah. So we get a very very small. Um, peek at that I think at this point mm-hmm. yeah. it's like these other people who are important to her and Kyo like you can you can tell by the yeah he definitely gets his own like very specific focused panel there he gets a very prominent treatment in that <laughs> in that panel yeah. there mm-hmm. yeah yeah Rin I guess uh, Rin yeah, yeah. <laughs> so always the order is Toru then Rin <laughs> and then Kyo and Kagura right <laughs> yeah yeah so of course Rin this is just the beginning of Rin and Toru's um, destined, faded friendship, right? <laughs> yeah. Where Rin mm-hmm. is like, I fucking hate that she's involved. <laughs> yeah. It's not like she has anything against Toru. It's really interesting how her... Um, no. Other than the fact that she's like, she knows that she's... Um, later, she's like, oh, I knew that when I met her, I would end up like crying all over her or something. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. So other than... You know, just the feelings of empathy exuding from Toru that Rin is trying trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, it's not like she doesn't. She also doesn't want her to get hurt. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, she doesn't want anyone else to get involved because she doesn't want anyone yeah. else to get hurt. That's why she's trying to tackle this all by herself. Because and why she dumped Haru. Yeah. <laughs> What's why she does everything? It's why she like doesn't talk to yeah. anybody. It's why she acts the way mm-hmm. that she acts. And then I think it's interesting, her relationship, we talked briefly about her relationship with Shisho, because they do have a relationship. Mm-hmm. He came, there's like an earlier scene with her when she's much younger, where he came to see her in the hospital. Yeah. Um, One time when she was really sick, because she says that she had a lot of like health problems as a child or whatever it comes up. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if it's going to come the next chapter, but it's going to come quite soon, where we get more of her backstory. Yeah. And he, yeah, didn't he kind of take her in a little bit too yeah i'm not sure like at the dojo yeah probably i'm not sure exactly how it ends up she ends up staying with him at the end like she ends up back there Mm -hmm. but right at this point in time i think she's still staying with kagura didn't she like come when she was younger though for some period of time i think that's what happened after that time that i'm remembering where he saw her in the hospital i think he kind of was like why don't you come stay with me Mm -hmm. for a while because he's the good soma dad yeah Um, (laughs) um yeah, and her parents were like, whatever, I don't care if you ever come back or whatever, which is awful. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah. So they definitely mm-hmm. have a past relationship. So I think you're yeah. on, it's on the nose to say like the reason he treats her that way is because like he feels like he can treat her that way <laughs> as opposed to someone like Kyo yeah. who he has to really feels like he has to treat with like kid gloves, right? Yeah. Yeah, cuz he's he's familiar with Rin, but I don't think they have any like misgivings about their no. relationship like <laughs> Like he does, like he and Kyo have. No, I mean, I imagine that Rin so. would think that they have a good relationship, question mark. I mean, as good as any other person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she'd probably trust him. That's the only reason why she would ask about the yeah. curse or go there and act that way. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't it, it wasn't like that scene with Shigeru. I'm just laughing because like, it wasn't like that at all. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't like the scene where she goes to visit Shigeru and she's all like, she's pretty... Um, standoffish like she doesn't come in at first yeah um and then mm-hmm. she acts like she can seduce i think she does doesn't she try to kind of like seduce shigure like it wasn't it wasn't like mm-hmm. it wasn't not not sexual <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's um i don't remember if it was in that scene or a different one but she basically at one point straight up says like if i sleep with you will you tell he's me like, and... <laughs> i don't know <laughs> he's just, yeah he's like i don't yeah, actually so know please stop so <laughs> um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's not. So it's not like that. It's not like this, like, weird, like, yeah. she doesn't see their relationship as being, like, quid pro quo or, like, mm-hmm. needing to be, like, treat, uh, stay distanced from Shisho. Like, they have a different relationship. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, like, she obviously feels like she can, you know, just barge in and <laughs> demand ask, ask questions. questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting. Yeah. It's kind of fun, those things you see, like, like, you can tell that they have some kind of relationship from this first interaction, yeah. even, like, on your first read. And so, like, going back to it, it's kind of fun. You're oh, like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are familiar with each other from that. From before, first yeah. First conversation. You can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that's the only Rin spoiler. <laughs> I mean, and it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess they're just going to end up working together. It's kind of her yeah, deal. Yeah, a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. What am I saying? Um, are there any... There's no more, like, Shisho or, like, there's no more Cosmo spoilers, no more Kagura spoilers, right? Not really. I mean, we kind of know all we know about them. Yeah, I think so. We don't get any more backstory about Kagura. I guess there's a bit more of her, her like... Um, yeah, she still shows up, but we don't really get any more big reveals or no. anything. I mean, it's more of a Toru spoiler, but she's the one who's like, you need to tell him about your feelings. Yeah, that's a cool I love it. part. Like, I, like the, um, I like the Kagura-Rin interaction in Yes. That. They have an Same. interesting relationship. It's really interesting that, mm-hmm. well, we probably talked about it before already at length, where Rin is like, stop with the act. And Kakura's like, why are you being so mean? Yeah. And then she remembers it again. Because, yeah. I mean, it's true. So Rin knows this thing that's, like, mm-hmm. very true about her, which is interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> and Kagura knows it. Yeah, I feel like Rin has a lot of, like, almost familial relationships mm-hmm. with people. Like... Cosmo's kind of almost a fatherly mm. relationship with her. Kagura's kind of almost a sisterly relationship yeah. with her. Yuki's, Yuki's not quite, kind of like cause... a little brother to her. Yeah, because like, but because, and uh, Hiro. Yes, yeah. Um, but because of how Rin is, like, then not quite. Yeah. Be. <laughs> Rin is like, I wish everyone stopped caring about me so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't think there's any more. I don't know. She shows like always around, but there's no. It's mm-hmm. not like there's more like spoilers about him. <laughs> yeah, his whole deal is basically for the rest. Is just basically like, yeah, I'm not gonna fucking let Kale get yeah. in that building, or like <laughs> I'm not gonna let all these, you know, people be in prison for the rest of their lives. Because really, not just yeah, 
kill. I mean, like, the others can leave the mm-hmm. compound, but, like, they're yeah. still in, in kind of imprisoned by this bond. I think it's established in this chapter yeah. that... Yeah, he obviously cares about them yes. all, but obviously he has a huge motivation. Like, even in here, in this chapter, he straight up says, like, I'm not going to let that happen yes. without a fight. Like, when she's talking about Kyo being yeah. confined. He's so. very clear about where he stands on all of... on this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Every time we see him, he said that to Kyo's yeah. dad. Now he's telling Toru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those are the spoilers. I don't know if there's any more. I mean, Akito mm-hmm. is there, but... They talked about yeah. Akito being weak and stuff, but... Very briefly... Yeah, the the big Akito stuff is still to come. <laughs> yes, so it is. Anyway, good times are coming. That's and by yep. good times I mean extremely bad times are coming. Yeah. And then good times. <laughs> and then good times. It can only get worse and then better from here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Next time we're gonna talk about chapter sixty nine and seventy, which is gonna be about Rin. It's gonna be a good time. I'm excited, as I said before. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.